Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. Welcome to radio show number 386 from Engage for Success. And today's topic is how to turn an event digital. And we're going to be hearing a great story of uh, how the Ministry of Justice has been doing that um, in, in recent months. And to help us tell that story, I'm very pleased to welcome today's special guests. We've got a, a, a double bill today. Uh, we've got Karen Nataro, who is People Insight Manager and Race Ambassador at the Ministry of Justice. And we're also joined by Ruth Patel, who is Employee Engagement Manager at the Ministry of Justice. So thank you both very much for joining us and welcome to Engage for Success. Thanks, so, um, good, yeah, good to have you both. So uh, just by way of a little bit of an introduction, Engage for Success is a, a not-for-profit movement. We're the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups. We're developing research, publishing case studies, and shining a light on great practice. So do visit us at engageforsuccess.org to learn more, and you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter there as well. I'm Jo Moffitt. I'm one of the regular co-hosts of our radio show, and I'm MD and founder of Woodread. Woodread's a specialist advertising agency, and we work with organizations of all shapes and sizes to help them use their brands to engage their people and create high-performing workplaces and high-performing cultures. So as I say, our guests today are Ruth and Karen. Um, I'm very pleased to have them with us. And they're gonna be talking about how the Ministry of Justice turned their engagement champions events digital and kept engaging them throughout the pandemic. Um, and I guess when they started that process, they never thought that they'd still be doing it 12 months later. Um, so it's really about doing that through the pandemic and beyond, you know, what the future holds to, to continue to build capability within the Ministry of Justice and to enable more good days at work. And we'll learn more about that concept in a moment. So um, let, let's kick off. I wonder if I could start with you, Ruth, um, for our listeners. Could you just give a brief overview to the organization, who the Ministry of Justice are, what you're, what you're responsible for, and, and just a little bit of a snapshot of, of who is involved. Yeah, sure. So uh, the Ministry of Justice, we're a uh, ministerial UK government department, um, and really at the heart of the, the justice system. So we're made up of kind of over 30 different agencies and arm's length bodies. And that includes uh, the Her Majesty's, Her Majesty's Courts and Tribunals, uh, Prison and Probation Service, Legal Aid, Criminal Injuries, Compensation, Public Guardian, and, and much more. Um, it was formed in 2007, and uh, we have roughly around 70,000 employees uh, nationally from a, a wide range of roles, from kind of policy makers to prison officers, court clerks, lawyers, um, a really, really varied workforce. Okay, 70,000, that's a huge number. Where do you rank in terms of the sort of scale of, of government? government ministries, Ruth? Um, we're one of the big five. So uh, okay. we're one of the, the, the five biggest um, uh, of the departments. 
Ratio and and as you say, spread spread around the UK. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, England, Wales, um, and we have we have uh, employees based in Scotland as well. Ratio. Okay, lovely. Thank you for that. Um, so so Karen, um, we're going to be talking a little bit about the engagement champions and and the events that you run for those engagement champions and how you've had to change your approach um, and what the implications of that have been. So perhaps we could. Start, t tell us a little bit of a story, really, about what, what, what are these engagement champions? What's that all about? And, um, you know, what, what, was the, what was the idea behind it? Sure. So the, the network, the Engagement Champions Network, was launched on the 3rd of September 2008. Um, and the network was sort of originally set up um, really by engagement leads to um, find advocates, so people who were really understand engagement and to help the organisation take action upon the results of the annual people survey. So the launch event had about 100 uh, of these um, advocates there, um, and then further events were sort of held every sort of couple of months, um, sort of growing the network steadily over about seven years. I became part of that network um, in December of 2008. Um, and I actually then ended up taking on the kind of lead role of, of the network in um, November of 2016 before Ruth sort of joined a, a couple of years later. But the network... Can, the I, can, I, got... can I just, sorry, can I just interrupt a moment, Karen, just to, just to ask you, I mean, I'd, or just to comment, really. I mean, that's very refreshing to hear that it was, it create, it was created because of the people survey and a desire to actively do something as a result so so often we hear a, a, you know the sort of plaintive cry from employees that and people talk about s survey fatigue and, and it's you know the plaintive cry being well you keep asking the stuff but nothing ever changes or um you, you know we're, we're being we're, we're we're being asked to do stuff and, and then they don't actually get anything more than that it's almost like things disappear into a black hole so i mean it, it 2008 is quite a long time ago to have taken that view that you need to act actively do something with this information. So that's, that's a, you know, that's very refreshing to hear, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, we very much used um, the, the the engaging for success report. Um, I get asked getting people to understand the four key enablers of engagement. You know, the strategic narrative, engaging managers, employee voice is obviously the biggest. Our people surveys are the best ways that we actually collect that voice. But actually, by yeah. then going back out to the organisation through the champions to actually get people to have an opportunity to amplify that voice. We're then taking that further. And obviously then, you know, yeah. our values in terms of organisational integrity. So, yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, you know, it, the work is still very much relevant. Um, yeah. You know, we're always looking for sort of more ways to kind of engage. And that's where we kind of got to in 2016 because the, the network by that point, you know, and these are volunteers, you know, so it's people mm -hmm. within the organisation who are passionate for wanting to make it a better place to be and to create more, more, more good days at work. We had about 800 people um, that were engaged with champions in 2016. And as much as we'd like to, it, it became a bit impossible to kind of bring all of those people together all of the time. So we kind of pressed pause on, on, on the strategy that we had. 
and changed it. And so instead of having one event, generally London-based, we thought, you know, we're, we're, we're based across 900 locations up and down the country. So let's actually go mm-hmm. out and actually started turning our events uh, regionally. And then we started developing kind of tools to enable further collaboration to happen outside of the events in 2018 with our, you know, hashtag creating a more good days at work strategy. Right, right. And it's very impressive. I mean, that's a huge number, though, 800 champions um, in, in 2016. And were they all, was there any kind of selection process as to who could be an engagement champion? Or was it simply if you want to be one by dint of being interested in the topic and engaged with engagement, did that mean you could become a champion? How, how did you select who would be engagement champion so first and foremost it was um engagement leads were asked to go and identify those people to be advocates but then once the network was kind of formally launched it became very organic and it was very much whoever is interested in engagement and understanding about what engagement actually is and how you can create uh, more good days at work for people so you know it became very much okay i, I want now volunteer for this I mean, we're now mm-hmm. at a stage where when people step down, they identify their replacement and let us know who their replacement's going to be. So, you know, that, that kind of organic growing has just continued. I mean, we're now at um, a thousand champions across the organisation, plus other government departments being part of our network to stand at about 1,400 people now. So how does, I mean, you, you, um, Ruth was saying at the beginning, you, you've got 70,000 people, you're one of the big five. Um, that's that's a lot of people that you've got there as, as engagement champions, but of course you've got an awful lot of people working with you. So, um, but I wonder, have other have other uh, ministries in the Big Five or beyond looked at what you've done and, and sort of thought, oh, quite, you know, is that, is that has, has this been a good model that other people have have picked up on and and done something similar with? Do you know? Very much so. So I know there's something similar in, in the Home Office, uh, and I know I, I quite often have conversations with them about their network. Uh, DWP uh, started one up. HMRC have started something, but it's slightly different. But it's also some of the smaller agencies. So, you know, most recently we've been helping Department for Education. We've also been helping Department of in- Industrial Trade, who are literally about to launch their, their network in about three weeks' time. So, you know, we're, we're very much seen as kind of the go-to department to sort of understand and try and re- recreate the, the, the model in terms of, of, of having a network. Excellent. Um, so you're kind of like the subject matter experts, the go-to, the go-to folk. That must, that must be very pleasing for you, having been involved with it for such a long time. Definitely, yeah. It, it, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So, so up to a thousand now. So, tell me a little bit before we we move on to sort of um, describe where we where where we are. You talked about some of the different tools that you've developed, and that, and again, I'm really impressed that you developed those tools collaboratively. So, you know, very much employee voice coming to the fore again. And um, what kinds of things, what, what kinds of tools might might those have been, um, Karen? So, in August. Um... 2018 I think it was um, we had a, a meeting with some sort of selected um, uh, engagement leads because we were looking at the kind of role description of a champion and maybe mm-hmm. sort of creating different versions of it depending on people's day roles and the kind of their their ability to influence engagement is likely to be different at different levels um, and what mm-hmm. sort of came out of that was 
champions being able to understand what their knowledge around engagement is, what are some of the drivers for engagement in the organisation, what are some of the levers available to leaders to make those changes. Um, and, you know, so it was like, okay, well, let's, let's create a self-assessment tool and a practitioner's guide. But instead of us just sitting there, me and Ruth sitting there in a room trying to work this out, we decided to take it on the road. So in January 2019, which feels like a lifetime ago now, we, 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 <laughs> took, we so much, took this on the road. You know, we started in Dorset with some colleagues, particularly sort of in prisons and courts. And we started with a blank sheet of paper and said, right, come up with some statements that people can assess their own levels of engagement as well as the organization's level of engagement and give us some ideas about how we can create more good days at work. And we literally repeated that session up and down the country, literally from Dorset to Edinburgh. Um, and we, by the time we got to Edinburgh, we'd gone through about three different iterations of the assessment tool and compiled together something like 60 odd um, tips for actually people to be able to raise um, their, their capability in the practitioner's guide. And we, we pulled it all together and then launched it for the, for the, to be tools for the champions to use. Brilliant. Brilliant. And, um, and then of course, um, you know, we have to ask the question, what happened next? And I think we all know the answer to that, don't we, Ruth? <laughs> what, what? <laughs> so, so tell us, tell us what happened in March, 2020 and where you are now. Yeah, well, a little matter of the pandemic um, kind of affected our approach. So, I mean, as Karen said, kind of we'd, we'd sort of um, pressed pause, had moved things regionally, and then started developing those tools in 2018. And with, with kind of putting together that practitioner's guide and really kind of looking at supporting our champions to build their, their capability uh, and to develop more in, in kind of the realm of employee engagement and employee experience, um, we conducted a learning survey. And this actually went out in February, so be before the pandemic hit. We went, we were kind of asked them what what types of things did they did, what kind of gaps did they feel they had in 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 the kind of world of employee engagement? Kind of what what sort of things did they want to learn? And how importantly as well, how they they liked learning and any kind of barriers to to that learning um, as well. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it was. Um, really uh, kind of insightful at the types of things kind of people the topics people were bringing up but one real key thing we learned from it was that people wanted to learn from us and their peers and their colleagues um, we, we produced reports and shared reports and things like that around but um, people really really kind of wanted to, to learn from the centre um, so we were going to hold two events initially um, mm -hmm. uh, regional events as usual and kind of start to do a bit of back to basics some engagement theory but with the pandemic um, hitting and kind of having to move everything virtually we thought actually this is a pretty good opportunity for us you know we just got MS teams at the time mm -hmm. and we thought well how about we we don't kind of hit pause on, on doing anything altogether let's try and run these um, run some events uh, virtually Right. Okay. Can I can I just ask before we move on to to, to find out more about that, um, just to understand a little bit about our engagement champions? They have a day job, I'm imagining, do, don't they? That so what what proportion of their time do they spend doing championy stuff 
as opposed to the, the day job, would you say? Do you have any sense of that? I think it really varies between people. As you say, it's, 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 for most people, it's, it's not their day job. You do have some engagement leads where that, that engagement is their role, um, or say our survey leads where it will be part of their role. So, and kind of a lot, some of our champions are people professionals and might be HR business partners. So it all kind of mixes in together. But in terms of, like, say, your probation officers or your court clerks, etc., it's very much will they they will have a very very busy day jobs. So it'll kind of between kind of uh, differ between between them all in terms of kind of what what remit they've got locally. Um, and what we find is a real passion is that a lot of people kind of do it out of interest as well. So they will kind of go home and just out of pure interest will kind of read some of our stuff. So so it's a real mixture. But but time is 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 they are under a lot of uh, of kind of really busy roles. So um, time is 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 a uh, is a real commodity for them. Yeah. So, so March 2020, uh, you were about to have two events nationally. Uh, that was all going along swimmingly, or the planning was all going along swimmingly, and then suddenly the, you know, the, the world imploded, and uh, we found ourselves in March 2020 saying, "Oh, what do we, what do we do next?" So, what, what, what happened then? What did you, what did you decide you were going to do then? You've got MS teams bubbling along. Um, how, how did that? process sort of evolved talk us through that process if you would Ruth well we it we trialed an event um that kind of was, was related to the network but wasn't part of the capability build it was a national day of staff networks and uh we we ran kind of a a little a few little half hour sessions to talk kind of about the power of our our network and and kind of what 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 kind of added value we have for the business mm -hmm. through having the network and that was done as kind of a live event, which it worked really well, but where we didn't kind of have any interaction, we didn't know who was on the call, we couldn't uh, see anybody, it was really kind of like a, a live webinar, I suppose. It kind of yeah. made us realise that this has potentially got legs, that we can use this, but, but actually if we run them as, say, Teams meetings, we can get that interaction, we can see people if they want to share their videos, they can chat on the chat or raise hands and it can be kind of really interactive so it was a kind of a, a bit of a, a test of doing that that initial live event and I think we always me and Karen we always debrief each other after doing these things but you know I think this could be a really a really good mechanism for, for putting in some of these um, kind of like learning events so we we'd had the results of our survey um, out and we'd already um, kind of gauged quite a few things on there that hey, people want to learn from people from us and, and from their other peers and they like those connections also that the time the whole issue of time that they like kind of bite-sized snappy nothing too kind of long like a, one thing people said was they loved going to the events but getting the release or or being able to give a, a whole day to an event especially if they had to travel as well didn't wasn't always that accessible for them so it, it just seemed kind of quite quite um quite sensible that actually doing a, a an event for, for two hours or an hour and a half on on kind of a virtual channel just seemed to fit fit really nicely um so looking at kind of the topics that people had said the sort of themes and subjects that they want to learn a bit more about with employee engagement and employee experience we pulled mm -hmm. together um we thought let's kind of pull together a series like a summer program which uh was kind of six 
um, events, all inspired by kind of the, the kinds of topics that people um, fed back in the survey. Um, and so then back in, in June last year, on the 16th of June, we held our first event, which was on engagement fundamentals, because uh, a lot of people had fed back because they wanted to actually learn a bit more about the theory behind employee engagement, um, a kind of a bit of a recap, a refresher, um, and then we, we followed that on with a series of, of, of five more programs, uh, more events following that. But Karen came up with a fantastic idea, kind of actually towards the end of our first event. We had all these subjects that we, we were going to put out there, but actually the order we were going to do them in, we felt, well, why don't our champions choose? So we held a vote at the end of the event, of the first event, and said, what, what, what topic do you want to hear about next? Uh, they voted right. for influence and persuasion, and that became the next event. So we really developed the program um, on themes kind of chosen by the champions themselves. Mm -hmm. So there was real, real kind of co-creation going on from the engagement champions to helping to shape the agenda, really. Absolutely. And we even kind of, as, as the program progressed, there would even kind of people would would maybe start talking about a topic quite lightly. And if someone said, I'd like to learn more about that, that then kind of got added into the pot for the for the next round of voting. Um, so so eventually they we will always cover a topic that somebody has, that has been raised and that people want to learn more about. And it's just the people kind of uh, vote in what order of priority that's going to happen. Okay. And so how did, what, who presented that content? Was that, was that you, Karen and, and Ruth that, that, about this and, and sort of um, you know presented it to the champions or did you did you pull people in and or involve the champions to create content and what, how did it what what sort of shape did these things take yeah so it's been a bit of a mixture um, of both so we started out uh, the, the first event as well me and, me and Karen uh, designed uh, the, the whole event presented slides and the format they take is we we kind of spend the first half of the event um, really doing a presentation and very interactive so people can ask questions uh, and things mm -hmm. if they wish to um, and then we break out into breakout rooms and have kind of interactive workshops um, designed around the themes of the topics and then everybody comes back in together and kind of feeds feeds that back so the first couple kind of we 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 um designed and and pulled together the, the 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 presentation and the workshops but then we've kind of also involved some of our other engaged champions when we know, know they're certain subject matter experts so for example we we held an event in july on effective communication and we've worked with colleagues in the military guard service um previously and uh, including um uh, uh some of their, their comms experts so we um we uh, brought one of uh the, the comms team in to do a uh, a, a run through of something called the oasis template which is kind of a communications planning uh, model um and then we kind of we've, we've linked in with with kind of our inclusion well-being experts and so it's it's kind of become um, really collaborative and we're always kind of quite open if there's if there's a topic that someone um, that we're doing and someone feels they've got particular expertise or something somebody would like to talk about we're always really open to to involving others um, others as well right sounds great and what a and, and a real broad breadth of content in terms of the topics that you've that you've covered there so um Karen can we 
can we um, move on then and sort of say where we where we are now? Has it has it come to an end? I mean, have you run out of ideas? No, absolutely not. So we're very much continuing with the events, you know, so we've, we've done things that, you know, as, as Ruth sort of mentioned about the things that the champions want to learn and what's relevant. So the last event that we held last month was all about the impact of COVID on engagement. Uh, and we got uh -huh. along a, a subject matter expert um, who's been doing, who, who we work quite closely with, um, to, who's done some sort of external research. Um, which actually matched our internal research, which was quite, which was quite refreshing. But you know, we're very much continuing. <laughs> yeah. We've got yeah. an event tomorrow, actually, on uh, emotional oh, you? What's, intelligence. What's tomorrow? What's... Uh, it's emotional Sorry. and social intelligence tomorrow. Okay, right. Tell so, me yeah, what social that, intelligence that... is. Common sense, really. <laughs> so you know, emotional <laughs> intelligence can, can obviously be we you're born with emotional intelligence, but you can learn to be more emotionally intelligent where social yes. intelligence is you know the kind of common sense and uh, and that side of it but how the two interlink together how we understand uh, our own emotions how our brains work and then really what that has to do with engagement so that 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 that's tomorrow's session um we've got some work we're going to be doing on purpose connectivity and collaboration that's next month but tomorrow the champions will get to vote upon what the theme is going to be for the may event so we're very much continuing in, in that kind of vein but we're also going to be turning the events into a bit of a learning academy so whilst we've been in lockdown ruth and i have been sort of a bit inspired to start running um, and as mm -hmm. part of that running we joined a sort of virtual running group where you know you run for certain distances and you get medals and badges so we thought actually we could turn our learning events, the, the champions can take the material back out into the business, run the workshops with their teams and then earn, earn badges and awards for, for doing so as they kind of progress through what is going to be our new learning, learning academy. So, you know, we're, we're very much continuing um, to, to help build, 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 build people's capability. Fabulous. And then certainly, I mean, that's the whole, applying the whole, principles of gamification isn't it really that we're all innately competitive and we like to compete with each other and earn things even if they're even if they're intangible um you know we kind of gather those gather those in and um and move on move on up the move on up the list and get to the top so to speak so excellent exactly. so so yeah. evolving but but sort of starting to incentivize it in a kind of um uh gentle way i guess so so we've, we've only got a few minutes left these things always we always run out of time but um i wonder if i could just ask you both to think about the challenges that that you found because you've obviously you know tried things and learned things um can i start with you um first of all karen just just tell us some of the things that have been difficult for you that maybe you've kind of learned along the way that haven't perhaps gone as as easily as you'd have liked what the challenges have been and then we'll hear what Ruth thinks. Uh, so I think the biggest one for me is probably time. Um, it's still people being given the adequate time and space to learn. So we've tried to make that easier by recording the events so that even if people aren't able to join us live, that they can actually um, watch the recording back afterwards and sort of share some of the slides. But for me, time has definitely still been a bit of a challenge because they are volunteers and they are doing engagement alongside their, their, their day roles, as Ruth mentioned Thank earlier. Sure, absolutely. And Ruth, from your point of view, what would you say would be the challenges people need to look out for? I think technology. I mean, 
Um, when we started doing this, MS Teams was really new to us. We had to kind of find our feet as, as we were going along with it. And, you know, it also, we were such a large organization, kind of the rollout that t technology happened in different places at different times and kind of people were gradually all, all coming on board with it, but with very kind of different, different levels of capability. This was very, very new ways of working for, for some people. Um, it's an absolute blessing though, because it's enabled us kind of to do what we need to do. And I think that the whole kind of thing of really kind of making clear to people that we're all finding our feet together with this and you know we've had events where you've had the Amazon driver knock on the door and and the kids <laughs> running into the room and things things along those lines and it's really just we emphasize yeah. that you know this this we're this is kind of a safe space we're very we're informal you know life is happening around us though it's fine if connection goes so it's it's really kind of just taking a kind of a very kind of relaxed and understanding and supportive approach kind of because they're they're Technology can always have, have some challenges. It can be a, a mixed blessing indeed. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's finish off um, with something for our listeners to sort of think about. If they're planning to do something like this, what would be, what would be a, a, a top learning that you would each like to share? We've got just a, a minute left um, to go. So let's ask you first, Karen, if I may, what would you, what would you tell our listeners to, to think about in terms of best practice? To, to really listen to people and involve them in in um, what you're doing. That's been, uh, for me, the biggest, most valuable exercise in this. We're, we're getting people engaged in the subjects that, that they want to learn about and, what's the, and what they're passionate about. But we only know that because we, we've actually asked them uh, and actually listened to what they've told us. So employee voice and, uh, and collaboration. Nice one, Karen. Thank you. And Ruth, how about you? What would your, what would your takeaway be? Mine would be just to, not to be afraid to try something brand new. You know, kind of we, we ripped up the rule book um, and we didn't you know what was going to happen. Really. We, we had to and, it, you know, it was a really good good opportunity for us to do it and it's, it's worked really well for us. Fabulous. Well, thank you very much indeed, Ruth and Karen, for sharing your story with us. Um, it's some real food for thought there for our listeners. So thank you both very much. Thank you all for listening to Engage for Success today. And uh, we will see you at the same time next week. And don't forget, you can download or stream any of the great shows from our archive at any time. So thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you same time next week. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.